Hello there, I am Miranda, and before we start the show, I want to introduce you to a very special guest of ours. May I introduce the great Dumb Assie. Hello, simple humans. I am the great Dumb Assie. Just said that. Anyway, the great Dumb Assie is a world-renowned psychic. That's right. I see all, and I know all. I know everyone's future. Wait, I'm having a vision. Oh my, he's having a vision. I know who our next president will be. It looks as though Steve Martin will win the 2020 election and be the 46th president of the United States. Really? Steve Martin? He's right. He will announce his candidacy in September. He will go on to win the popular vote, the electoral vote, and the American Idol vote. Wow, that's amazing, dumbassy. So you can see the future, right? That's right. You can see the future for everyone, right? That's right. You can even see your own future? Especially my future, yes. Cool. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you, bitch? <laughs> Live from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, starring Miranda, Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Pork, Sheila, DA Williams, and Orson Wells. And featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Horseshoes! Sorry, I was looking for some way to start the show, and that was the only word I could come up with, so enjoy, horseshoes. And with that in mind, welcome to an all-new episode of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. I'm Hot Toddy. We've got another great one coming your way. It's another interview. I've been on a huge interview kick here lately, and I've been loving every minute of it, and this week is another fantastic show. I get to sit down and speak with somebody that I've known my entire life. That's right. Her name is Andy Morrow. She is an upcoming actress who's been in quite a few different plays and and roles on television and in movies, and she's just wrapped up a short film called Pusher that I helped contribute to through Kickstarter, and the film looks amazing. It has a wonderful message behind it, and we're going to talk all about that in the interview with her. And to top it all off, like I said, I've known her my whole life. We come from the same hometown, Scott County, Tennessee, and it's just, it's been amazing to watch her grow and see her become a very, very talented actress. And I was so excited when she said that she would let me interview her and you're going to get to hear all the amazing things that she's done and what's coming up in the near future. And we had a lot of fun and you're going to love the interview. Now, per usual, as I do with every interview, the interview is chopped up into different segments. So after you get done hearing the first part, don't think that it's finished. We got to take a break to do, you know, some of our weird crap and then we'll come back to the interview in typical Smoking Hot Toddcast fashion. Listen to the whole show. That's the idea anyway. That's coming up and per usual, that's just a piece of the puzzle. We have a huge, huge show to get to, so let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. Here is my interview with Andy Morrow, right here on an all-new episode of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Orson Welles' Smokin' Hot Toddcast promos. Take one. Okay, Mr. Wells, uh, just do your spiel, your usual thing there, and say, Hello, this is Orson Wells, and you're listening to the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Ah, the French champagne. No, 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 hold it. All right, Mr. Wells, just say this is Orson Wells, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Okay, go again. Yes. Oh, yes. They're even better raw. Cut! 
All right, do it again. All right, and action. Look, I don't need to do this. I've got a fish stick commercial in an hour. Oh, what the hell? I need the money. The Smoking Hot Toddcast. Penis. Cut! The Smoking Hot. Hello, I'm Orson Welles. Ah! Well, as you probably know, I've been on a bit of an interview kick recently on this show, and uh, it for good reason, because I like to point out people that are doing amazing things that you may not know that they're doing and if you do it just adds to the fun and I want to get these people recognized and this person it's a little bit more special for me because I've actually known this person my entire life we grew up together in uh, Scott County Tennessee and she's on her way to becoming an amazing actress she's, she's done some fantastic projects she's done a movie called Pusher and we're going to talk about that amongst other things I'm, I'm here with uh, Miss Andy Morrow Andy how are you? Hi, how are you? Doing thanks for having me. You're very welcome, and thanks for doing this. Uh, it's like I said, we've been we've been showcasing a lot of local talent and uh, people that are going out and just following their dreams. And I said that it would be I would be remiss if I didn't hit you because you have been doing oh. some incredible things. That well, thank you. Uh, that we're I think we're all pretty envious of. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, well, let's get right into it. What what made you want to go into acting? Oh well, I always wanted to be an actress you know like a lot of kids you know they grow up and want to be teachers and firefighters and they you know they go through the whole gamut of things but I from as the earliest I can remember I wanted to be an actress and I think it came from Shirley Temple mm. I think that was the original uh, inspiration I'm not entirely sure but that's probably the earliest I remember is when I was really young my mom used to play me all the Shirley Temple movies and I was I loved them so much and that was the first time I saw you know a kid performing and I was like oh I want to do this I like to play pretend and I really loved Barney too which right. like, had a bunch of kids on it yeah um, so just early on I just wanted to be a performer and my mom was really excited about that so she was always you know showing me different movies and plays she took me to see like peter pan when i was really little and that was life-changing for me right right <laughs> i was just like oh my gosh this is amazing and magical yeah so it's just always like for better or for worse it's just like i always say like this is who i am <laughs> yeah and that's amazing and and you know it, it's we've seen it or at least i saw it uh, you know, since we were kids, because I remember you used to, you would used to always be a huge part of the the Christmas plays at church every year. Yeah, and you you all always had something planned, and so it was it was always really interesting to be a part of that. You all did a lot of fun things, so it was it was just cool to see you all. You know, because it was usually you and your mom doing something together. With yeah, that. and, and yeah, it was, I was really I was really lucky that I had parents that really supported right. my artistic dreams yeah. you know because a lot of people don't have that right not necessarily because they don't want to support it just they don't really understand it a lot and they worry so, yeah yeah they don't understand that it can be a career and mm -hmm. it's not an easy one you know that's certainly true but you know I was very fortunate that you know my mom was always you know you know there's not a lot of performance opportunities in Scott County no. so my mom, you know, drove me to Oak Ridge to do uh, things at the Oak Ridge Playhouse. Um, so that was like my first kind of exposure right. to theater, to actually like performing. Yeah. So I'm I'm very lucky in that regard. Absolutely, yeah, and I know what you mean. Even with radio, of course, uh, I started at WBNT uh, right, you know, uh, when I first graduated high school, and then then 
I was lucky enough to, when I went on to UT, to get hooked up with uh, the UT radio station there, WUTK, and it mm-hmm. just kind of snowballed from there. And it's it really is, acting in radio, it's it's in the same field, uh, really, for the same reason. It's like, it's who do you know? Who can you talk to? Right. And who can you make, who can help you with this? And when you find those spots, you just go for them. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, it's really important in the arts to have mentorship, too. Absolutely. Just something I learned. Um, in college, it's like very important to to find people who you can learn from and ask questions. And you know, it's come back around to me. You know, I've been in the position now where you know young people are asking me, and I'm so happy to pay the favor forward. Absolutely, is that you got to? I mean, that's how we that's how we keep the dream alive. We keep art growing yeah you just you got to keep encouraging it's like if you if you have something that you want to do don't dismiss it follow it as much as and as hard as you can absolutely yeah. yeah it's it's sad to me that there are people out there who might have artistic passions and they they don't pursue them right because our culture is in america is kind of like taught kids like oh that's not really a viable career a viable life to live and it you know, like I said, it is really hard to be an artist. It is. Um, in, you know, in a professional way. But, you know, if that's what feeds your soul, then you got to do it. As long as you're happy doing it, it is a career. You're making something out of yourself just by just by attempting and pushing yourself forward with it. Yeah, so true. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, Shirley Temple uh, as being one of your inspirations. Do you have any other inspirations that, that led you into this? Yeah, um... Well, I guess, I mean, I love a lot of, I love a lot of actors and mm-hmm. actresses and filmmakers and writers. I, I, I guess right now, um, hmm, that's a hard question because yeah. I have, there's just a lot of people I love. I, um, I really love a lot of uh, performers who are writing and directing and making their own work. Yeah. Um, they have inspired me a lot, you know, like, like Lena Dunham, mm-hmm. um, just people like her, Is- Issa Rae, um, who has the HBO show, an HBO show, Insecure. Um, just women who I've seen just like making their own way mm-hmm. in the industry. Those have always been the most inspiring people to me. Um, Julie Taymor was one of my, um, as a director that I fell in love with in college, um, who just she does these like wild play she was the she is who directed the original lion king on broadway yeah um and she's just like so out there with her style and her method and she's so herself Mm -hmm. you know like and she doesn't compromise in an industry that's very male dominated she like has never really compromised who she is so she was an early inspiration for me in college of like oh i can i can create things that are kind of outside of the box and right don't have to be scared to do it absolutely you know? and touching on that point uh just recently uh I, I learned more about Aidy bryant who i've always been a fan of on saturday night live but yeah she's great I, I read an article about her how she uh nobody in in hollywood was giving her any like good roles unless it had something to do with being the the overweight friend or something mm-hmm. had to do with the friend so she decided i'm just going to sit down and write my own stuff and that's where she came up with the show that's on hulu now shrill and uh, that was just a fascinating story and it, and i loved I, it made me respect her even more because she's she's the one putting herself out there yeah of, that's you the know. way you i mean that's really what you have to do nowadays yeah. it's it's nice it's it's really it's a really cool time to be in the industry 
I think, mm -hmm. because people like the heads of studios and they're really hungry for creators. Right. Um, if you notice, a lot of production companies are making re are doing remakes. They are. So yeah. mm -hmm. they're hungry for new content, and right. new creators, and people that they can like keep you know working with and keep growing with right so it's a really exciting time and there's just so many women who are finding their voice in the industry so the more that that happens the more we're gonna you're right. gonna see female creators popping up because it just it inspires each other you know we yeah. uplift each other the more success another one has you're listening to the smoking Life podcast making me feel better and better. I'm certainly glad, Ollie. You've made significant progress in the last few months. A few more sessions and you losing the election will be nothing but a small piece of insignificant history. Honestly, it already is. I'm so proud of you, Ollie. Well, that wraps up this week's session. And before you go, I'm going to write you a prescription for some new medicine. This one won't make you have the uncontrollable shits anymore. Oh, thank goodness. Every time I scream, baskets, I'd have to change my underwear. And if I scream, cats and dogs don't have butt cheeks, I'd have to change my whole wardrobe. Wow. T-M-I. Oh, speak of the devil. I got a voicemail from my pharmacy. My medicine must be ready. Let me check. Hi, this is Callie calling from your pharmacy. I'd just like to let you know that your anal wart removal cream, your butt plugs, and your Viagra are now in. And we also got those extra small condoms that you needed. So please go ahead and let me know when you'll be coming in so I can set those aside for you. Thank you and have a great day. Um, not, not, not all that is for me. I, I, I have a friend that, never mind, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, think that's a plan. Same time next week? No. Great, see you then. Station! <laughs> You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Do you think that Hollywood is on the right track, and or can they do it better, or, or are they on the right course? I, th I think it's definitely gotten better. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to say if it's going to last, you know, because mm -hmm. Hollywood's always been really into fads. Right. So I hope this isn't just a, a passing fad. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't appear to be. Right. right now i mean you look around and there's so many women writing their own material and performing there's a lot of like female-led movies now and it it seems promising i i feel optimistic about it good yeah i think so too i think there's a lot changing it's just it's like with any change it just takes a lot of time and it might take longer than than something else yeah absolutely well, what are what are some of the projects? Because we know about Pusher, and we'll talk about Pusher here a little bit more. But what, what other projects have you been a part of? Um, so I started out in theater mostly. That was early on what I really wanted to do professionally. Um, so I did some regional theater um, right out of college. I was with a touring children's theater company. That was my first professional job. Uh, it was a company called Hampstead Stage Company in New Hampshire. And I got to tour around um, with doing um, Shakespeare for Kids and The Secret Garden. Um, and we went to schools and libraries and towns all across America. And that was really 
an awesome experience because I got to, I got to, you know, go perform for kids in areas where, like, where we grew up, you know, mm-hmm. kids who weren't really able to be exposed to performance art. Right. Um, and so I got to, you know, be a role model in some regard. Like, I even had one kid in, uh, I think it was in West Virginia, actually. He, like, raised his hand after the show because we always did a Q&A, and he said, how do I do this? And it just, like, almost made me cry. <laughs> right. Because I just was like, oh, man, I get it. Like, that yeah. was me when I was his age. I was like, how do I do this? Somebody right. tell me. Yeah. Um, so that was my first professional job. And since then, you know, after that I did – I did some professional theater in Boston and Miami, um, and then I moved to New York City and started getting a little more involved in film um, and did some indie film there and as well as some theater. But um, while I was there, you know, I, I was on a co-star role on Gotham, mm-hmm. an episode of Gotham, which was my first TV job, and that was really fun. Wow. Um, and I did some really cool indie films. One of my favorites was Here Lies Joe. A really meaningful project for me that did some really good festivals and I just got to work with a really amazing team on that one um, it was a really collaborative process um, and then I guess since then I've just kind of been you know kind of making my own work mm-hmm. and writing a lot more um, trying to figure out I'm at an exciting place right now where I'm you know I've just come, I've come off making this movie and now I'm like, okay, I'm hungry to do more of this. Right. You know, writing yeah. and directing and Mhm. That's and that's amazing and and again, it's like just listening to this, it's like you're doing so much more than I ever would have imagined, you know, in the last 10 years. I mean, you know, it's just incredible. I can, I could name I can name the places that I've been in the last 10 years, but you've been everywhere doing everything <laughs> and that's that's what's amazing about I'm it. I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a gypsy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a bad <laughs> thing some, to be. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> no, no, I think that's awesome because you're out there doing what you love, what you what you believe in and that's all that matters absolutely. I've learned I've learned a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, from moving. I mean, I've I've worked in pretty much all of the major theater cities. Um, I guess Chicago is really the only one I haven't had any experience in. But right. you know, I've now been in most of the major cities for inter- the entertainment industry, and I have learned so much from all of the, that experience, all of those experiences, and I feel really fortunate that my life went the direction it did I would have early on I probably thought that I wanted to be in New York right out of college but Mm -hmm. you know life had a different plan for me and I went to Boston and Miami first right and it was really good that it happened that way yeah because I was I mean New York I wasn't ready for New York coming from Scott County no to New York City it would have eaten me alive that's a huge difference between the two yeah I mean even you know having experience in other cities going to New York was a huge transition and now coming to LA having been in New York City I I'm glad that I did New York first cuz right. I feel you know coming to LA when you're young especially as a woman mm-hmm. would be really difficult because this this industry and the city in general is just so focused on superficial things you know like yeah. a woman's appearance and your youth and if I had, you know, I've I've grown a lot as a person, as well as an artist. So right. I'm a lot more confident and a lot more sure of what I want mm-hmm. out of life. So I'm glad that I'm in LA 
at the time that I am. Right. And and what and what decided made you decide to make the big move to California? What was what was that for? Um, it was just kind of weird. Uh, my husband and I drew. Uh, he's from Subright, Tennessee, actually, mm-hmm. um, but he's a stand-up comedian. And we were in New York for five years, and we just kind of got to a point where it was like, okay, we need a break from this place because it's it's a lot. It's right. an overwhelming city to live in. Um, and he has been on tour for the last three years with the Well Read Comedy Tour, and they've been they've had you know quite a lot of success and a re- really good run. Um, and all of their representation mm-hmm. is out here in Los Angeles, so it was just the right timing. I mean, people will people would al- always tell you don't move to LA unless you have a reason. Yeah. Um, and so it was just. Timing-wise, we were ready for a different experience, and the opportunities were here for him already. Yeah. So um, we were just like, let's do it. Let's go to the West Coast. Right. <laughs> better, better now than never, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And now, Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. If you take care of chickens, does that make you a chicken tender? And that was Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. The Smokin' Hot Toddcast presents The Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, The Ollie Report. Hello and welcome to an all-new Ollie Report. I'm Hot Toddy. It's another very special Ollie Report this week. If you recall last week, Ollie surprised me with a big birthday bash in honor of the 30th birthday special here on the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Well, we're turning the tables this week and we are celebrating Ollie's birthday this week. So, let's not leave him in suspense anymore. Let's surprise him. Here now is the one and only Ollie. Ollie, how are you? I'm doing great, Hot Toddy, but uh, I was not updated on the what we're going to be doing this week. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder why. Maybe it's because it's your birthday! Um, well, uh, um, actually, uh, uh Toddy, it's, it's not my birthday. My birthday's in June. What are we doing here? Yeah, I know your birthday's in June. That's why we're having a special birthday celebration for you this week, because we're not on the air during June. So I wanted to celebrate you this week. Ah, I thought I was safe with my birthday being in June. Never! I see. Well, thank you, Hot Toddy. That, that means the world. So you're turning 36 this year, right? Yes! I promise. Huh? Nothing! I I am in fact turning 36 this year! Well, that's incredible, Ollie, and we wanted to share something with you that's gonna tug at your heartstrings a little bit. We called your parents back home, and we asked them if they would care to send us this particular item from your childhood, and they were gracious enough to do it. Look, Ollie, it's your baby book! Oh! Wow! I haven't seen that since I was a kid! Hashtag no pubic hair! Aight, Dan. Yeah, let's open it up here. Let's take a look. And, uh, oh, look, the first thing in the book is your birth certificate. Yeah, we don't have to look at that. And look at that. You were born June 5th, 1979. 1979. If I do the math correctly, in 2019, for someone born in 1979, that person would be 40. Am I right? Yes, yes, I'm 40. Are you happy? Damn it! 
Wait a minute, you're 40 years old? Hashtag nuts. How could you be 40? You told me you were 30 when we first met. Guess I lied, huh? We met in 2013, and you told me you're 30, and you were actually 34? Yeah, whatever. What's the big deal? So, so I'm four years older than what I said. Who cares? Everybody cares! It's a huge deal, you idiot! On all the forms that we put down when we hired you for this podcast, you put down that at, at that time you were 32 because you were supposed to turn 30 in 2013, but you were actually 35 years old! Calm down, hot toddy! I, I can't believe you! How could you do this? I didn't know you were going to do something like this! So who's the idiot now? Station! You're still the reigning champ! Kick on my butt cheeks! No! You don't deserve any excitement! Ah, oh, I can't believe you. So you're 40 years old. Yeah, so what? I mean, technically I'm still 39 because I don't turn 40 until June, but shut up! Oh my god. Alright, well, no big deal. I got some other gifts for you here, and and, and, and I think uh, I think you'll enjoy them. Alright, well have at it. Well, I don't have anything specifically for you, but these gifts are from some of the members of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast, and we start off with this one from Doc Summit. It's a special birthday message from Doc Summit to you, Ollie. Oh, that was nice of him. Let her rip! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ollie. Happy birthday to you. Okay. Thoroughly creeped out. I see sky and trees and buildings. I wish I could crawl under the bed because I don't feel right. Uh, well, um, yes, that was... A little out there. Well, let's move on to the, the the grand finale, Ollie. The the birthday surprise to end all birthday surprises. It's something from our beloved, the legend among legends, Orson Welles. Ah, uh, Mr. Welles, he always does nice things. He certainly does. He wouldn't tell me what it is, so he's behind the curtain right now, and we're going to reveal to you what gift he has for you. Are you ready, Ollie? I'm ready. Mr. Welles, let her rip. <laughs> Nothing is more important than the simple act of people getting together. Ah! Oh my god. Mr. Wells, you're... Oh my god, he's in the thong! <laughs> oh god, in the eyes. Oh. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated for my son. Ah, the French. Oh my God, he's stripping. Please stop, Mr. Wells. Full of country goodness and green penis. No, please, make it stop. <laughs> I mean, I'm 40, but I'm still so young. Me too, I'm only 30. Please stop, stop it. Stop it, please! They're even better raw. Happy birthday, Ollie. Shut up! That's gonna do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News Ticker. Until then, have a good day and an Ollieful week.
Hot Toddy. Hot Toddy. You're tuned into the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. You mentioned Drew. Uh, I've always wondered, how did you guys meet? Where, where, where did that happen? We met in college at Maryville College. Okay, so he you both were yeah. students there, so that that yeah. that makes some more sense. And of course, he's he's he works with Trey Crowder, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. So how did that relationship form? Um, they met in Knoxville doing stand up comedy. Just um, when we we lived in Knoxville for a couple years, but right before we moved to New York City, mm-hmm. um, just we wanted to go back to Knoxville and kind of figure out our next step. And um, Drew started doing pursuing stand-up a lot more aggressively there and it's really kind of where you know quote-unquote came up right as a stand-up comedian and trey was also in the the knoxville scene at the time yeah so um they just you know became really good friends and collaborators and all of us you know um trey and Corey, who's also on tour with them Mm -hmm. and drew and a couple other comedians and myself we did some sketch comedy while we were there um the black liver the Black Liver Society, as yes. I was called. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we did some sketch, really weird sketch comedy. Right. Um, so it was just, it was a fun time. You know, it was a lot of creating just for the sake of creating. Right. You know, it wasn't so much of like, oh, we're trying to get rich and famous. It's just, or try to, we were just there to create. Um, uh, so that's how their their relationship happened. And uh-huh. then Trey, um, you know, made those videos that, caused him to go viral um and they all had the same manager yeah so um when that happened their manager put together a tour and the rest is history (laughs) right so i I take it you were back in east tennessee when they came to the the bijou the bijou correct did you come yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I was there. Yeah, you were it was there. really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, Trey Crowder, for those of you who don't know, of course, is the liberal redneck who does, uh, you know, puts out some very poignant yet very funny videos online on his Facebook page, and uh, he's absolutely incredible. And, it, and everybody in Scott County finds it so fascinating that you guys are together, that you, you see that you're around them all the time. And, and it just, uh, <laughs> every time I tell my friends, like, yeah, I know some, because I have a lot of friends who are a huge fan of Trey Crowder, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know somebody who, 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 works with him and, uh, and and tours with him I'm like really I'm like yeah so it's, it's <laughs> that's a fun feeling that's you it was it's it's not a, it's it's more fun to do that than to tell people hey I come from the same town as Howard Baker because a lot of people don't know who Howard Baker <laughs> who Howard Baker is anymore so it's, it's yeah. kind of hard to get that so it's nice to have a new one now I'm like yeah I know somebody who's friends with Trey Crowder no big yeah, deal that's, it's fun yeah yeah it's, it's been good. really kind of crazy to watch all of this happen right um, and their success grow mm-hmm. I mean it's been awesome to witness and very surreal. <laughs> Absolutely. I can imagine. Well, let's get right into it here about the new film, Pusher. Tell us all about that. Yeah, um, it's a short film. It's a narrative um, drama. It's um, about a young woman who lives in an Appalachian town, kind of similar to Sunbright or Scott County. Right. And she sells pain pills, um, you know, to make money. Mm-hmm. And throughout the film... Um, it's just kind of a day in the life of her starting to wake up to what she's doing to mm-hmm. her community and to herself and owning up to the consequences of that. And there's no real solution, but um, she's starting to at least be in touch with 
her conscience. Right. It's it's such a fascinating premise, and I was very proud to contribute to the Kickstarter campaign because yeah, I, thank I, you you're, so much. you're very welcome. No, I, I, I so loved the idea and the fact that you were getting to do this. I'm like, I'm all in, all chips in, let's do this. And I'm, I'm just so excited for you that you got to do this film. And did you recently win an award for it? Yeah, we just won uh, the Tennessee Filmmaker Award at the Chattanooga Film Festival. That is incredible. Congratulations yeah. for that. Thank you. That's, it was really exciting. Yeah. Um, we've, we've now played two festivals. We It was really cool. Uh, right when we moved to California, we got into a film festival out here in uh, Pasadena, which is essentially Los Angeles. Right. But um, So it was cool. I moved here and then immediately had my premiere out here. So that was awesome. And we were nominated for... Um, Best Actress and Best Short Film. That's incredible. So we, we've had a good run so far. Two for we're two for two. Two for two, <laughs> indeed. So where can where can people find this film? Is it going to be online? Will it be released? Where where will it be? Um, eventually it will be online. Um, we're not quite to that process, that step in the process yet. Right. Um, we're still we're about to enter into the second round of film festival entries. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Hopefully there will there will be some more screenings. Yeah, um, we submitted to the Knoxville Film Festival, so I'm hoping to be able to screen in Knoxville because that would be really amazing. Absolutely. Um, and then after we, you know, do a festival run, after we feel satisfied with playing at film festivals, then we will pursue online distribution. Mm-hmm. And I I have my eye on Seed and Spark, which is a oh, really yeah. amazing female run um online filmmaker website I know um, that they've site, been ar- yeah. they're based out of New York City and they've mm-hmm. been around for a while and they just started doing an online platform screening platform right. so they have a sec- a section on their screening platform that is for um films with a message essentially mm-hmm. um philanthropy type films so i i have my eye on them just cuz i love what they do so much um so hopefully something like that will it'll be available online and i think that there's their platforms like i think it's like a dollar a month okay so it's it's super affordable right Absolutely. Well, keep me updated because I will keep the audience updated. Yeah, knowing what's going on. Once it's out there, I want the world to know because it looks like a fantastic film. And like I said, we I contributed to the Kickstarter. I want this to go as big as it possibly can because you absolutely deserve it for sure. Thank you. You're very it's, welcome. It was really cool to do the Kickstarter. And so like people from our area have been so supportive mm-hmm. and just I've had a lot of messages from people like, we need this. Right. Thank thank you for telling this story. Because, you know, it, this affects everybody. It does. I mean, you know, even if it's not yourself, you know somebody mm-hmm. who uh, struggles with addiction. And it's just such a huge problem in our area that it just, I just want – my whole goal is to just start a dialogue. Right. I just want people to talk about it. I, I have family members in, in law enforcement uh, law and uh, and in Medicare, and I know all of them will tell you about the opioid, opioid epidemic that's just running rampant now. I mean, everybody yeah. is having this, suffering this in some form or fashion. It's really sad. It's destroying small communities. I yeah. mean, Drew's hometown, Sunbright, is kind of where I originally started getting the inspiration for this movie. Is you know, Sunbright's has like I think their population's like 600 mm-hmm. it's super tiny and it's just been ultimately like wiped out yeah like everybody is just so affected by 
this, this drug drug epidemic mm-hmm. and it's i just i i it, it's baffling honestly to see it in person because it does feel like a dying appalachia in some ways yeah. which is heartbreaking because i love appalachia so much absolutely and i a lot of people look at appalachia as you know they look at us and they have their stereotypes and their biases sure and there's a lot of stereotypes and biases about drug addicts as well. So mm-hmm. we kind of have like a double whammy there of of bias coming going against us. And I just wanted people to who see the film and aren't familiar with Appalachia to understand like, hey, you know, we're people too who have hopes and dreams. Yeah. And our lives are valuable, you know. Yeah. Um, and I want people from Appalachia to see it and to – start thinking oh my dreams are worthwhile i should value them yeah should value my life and my community everybody's you know feelings are noted and should be noted you know in in this world regardless of what they're going through yeah never never place judgment on somebody that you don't know absolutely yeah smoking hot podcast i need somebody to take my money away from me like i really do why i just buy stupid crap and I got to stop. Put it in a safe fund. Put it in a fund. And so Radiate it will fund. never. It'll never get touched again. Yeah. Like this is my trust fund. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So you can't. You can't buy patches to put on your hats and jackets and whatnot. Hey, that that, that patch turned out fan freaking tastic. I'm sure it did, but still, it looked wonderful. How much did it cost? That's not important, DJ Pork. What the, what's <laughs> important the digits? is that we learn a lesson. It here. was, wasn't it? Uh, no. $20? Well, yes. Uh, Higher? No. Lower? You were right at $20. It was, that's with... Tied. But that's with shipping. Shipping is where they get you every time. Ah, I guess, It's where they get you every time. Still. $20 for a patch? How big was it? It it was a decent size. It filled up the front of the hat. The hat. Yeah. It It didn't even fill up like a, it wasn't even like a back patch. It was the size of the ones that's on their shirts on the show. On, you couldn't you couldn't put it on your jean vest that yeah, you wear you to, that you wear to punk rock shows. I don't wear I don't I don't go to punk rock shows, but I do wear a lot of denim jackets. So uh, but I didn't want to. You can wear those to. to punk rock I, shows. I, I want huh? You can wear those to punk rock if shows. If I went, yeah, if I went, but I put it on because I love hats, and so I put it on a hat. Todd, why twenty dollars though? Well, look, that's not even My the worst. My God, that's not even the worst of it though. What was the worst? That's of not it? even the worst. What's the worst of it? <sighs> Do you have an addiction to crack? No, it's not gotten that bad, thank God. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, I buy dumb things. Okay. Do you buy half pints? No, I did buy a miniature. Barney Fife bobblehead. No, Todd. For $7 off of Walmart.com. No. And I just come across these You're things. You're going to go it's bankrupt. Like, it's not even like I'm trying to find this crap. I just do. Let me see if I can show it to find you. Find YouTube videos. Huh? Look up YouTube, funny YouTube videos. Yeah, this is of, it. That is a poor... Ex- what? There it is. Uh, oh, what a, there it is. Yeah, that, that is a poor excuse for seven dollars. Look at that. That, but you know what? I freaking love it. It came in today, and I'm I love it. But it's something so dumb. <laughs> you're gonna be like you're gonna be like an old person who just collects knickknacks. I that's what I am. 
I am a knickknack collector. I remember cleaning out my grandmother's house. Knickknacks. Listen, knick-knacks if I everywhere. if I have children and therefore grandchildren, they are going to be amazed at the craft that they're going to find. And you know, sometimes I do have buyer's remorse. You sure? But for the most part, I don't. Pork. Like I, I love this freaking thing. I think it's the bomb. No. Uh, and I think it's great. But I mean, that's just the piece. What do you of, do with it? Well, I actually have. Where is it? Where does it sit? Well, I it, I actually have a display of of bobbleheads that we we the both of us have collected over the years, and we have a bunch of them. People actually, you know, I had I had one specially made of me once. Uh, it was a birthday gift from one from my ironically ex girlfriend. Had a bobblehead oh. made of me, and that was amazing. A bobblehead from your ex girlfriend? How could you? Well, yeah, I mean, this is when we were together when she got it for me. But and then we had, we she and I both have collected a lot of bobbleheads over the years, and so this is just this sits proudly now on so the it, shelf. I feel like bobbleheads make up a big part of your life. I am a bobblehead. Wait, so, so why? You she have thinks to it's, set that on fire and start anew with me. Well, that's not even that's not even the half of it, Pork. This is you have to understand that that's just a, a piece of the goddamn uh, puzzle. You have to you have to set it on fire and start anew. What she, the the Barney what the Barney thing? No, your your bobblehead. I oh mine? Yeah, the one that was made for me by an ex girlfriend though. So so it's it's tainted by your lost love. Nah, man, it's not tainted. It looks great. No, it's tainted. It's no, I know it. I know, get, but it, get Baby J to make to uh, get her own custom bobblehead. No, you, but make it you know personal. I'm not doing that. I happen to like my bobblehead, and she likes it too. It's cursed. Uh, but it's that's listen, listen, love. listen. That's not even a piece of the puzzle. No, you don't get to see until I bring it up. I have this is a, a surprise. I'm, uh, oh lord, the last thing that I'm going to show you here, the thing that I bought the other day. It came in the mail. Again, I I love it, but I am having a little buyer's remorse into the fact, in the sense that I should have been smarter. And that it was probably double digits. It was double digits. Okay. Is it approaching triple digits? I bought this. Why? Do you even know who that is? A Jesus with glasses, <laughs> sunglasses. It's funny that you would say that that's Jesus because this man is the complete opposite of Jesus. Is it Howard Stern? It is Howard Stern. Okay, okay. It's Howard Stern, uh, and this covering up his private parts. And you said it. Right. This these were made for the, uh, the movie for the movie Private Parts okay. that he was in Howard twenty years Stern ago. Never had abs. Though. He did. He did at one point when when he made the. Uh, the cover for his book, for the book Private Parts, and then again when he was doing publicity for the for the for the movie, he got into shape. And they I actually doubt they were that good. He looked well, well. Let's go to Twitter and you can see it there. Oh lord! Yeah, there he is. See, that's what he looked like when Private Parts okay, came out. He's probably got he's got pretty good definition in his arms. It's not terrible. It's pretty flat in the abs, though. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't looking to become a bodybuilder. He just needed to. The, be, not to those abs. So yeah, I bought a Howard Stern. Howard Stern. It's a Howard Stern statue. I thought it was a Howard Stern plastic figure that was maybe about you know so big. Right. It's this tall. No, it's it's about that tall, and it's actually like, like three feet tall. It, it's about that tall, and it actually is like a statue. Like it's like it's uh, I don't know what the material is, but it's like it's almost like glass. Porcelain. Porcelain maybe. It's porcelain. That's what it is. It's porcelain. Where do you keep this thing? Okay, well, see, in is it in your bathroom? <laughs> no, 
in my room, in my room, uh, I call it my room because it has all my stuff from my last apartment. It's sort of my media room slash podcasting room. It's the room where I do most of my work at home. Um, and I just, that's where all my like random sh- stuff, I almost said stuff. the word, stuff, I almost said the word there. It's, it's just the room where all my random stuff is in, and that's in there. Now, now the, the bobbleheads are downstairs, because like I said, that's kind of like that. <laughs> We're proud of our bobbleheads, that's the thing, and so we display them. You got a Todd. It's great, but that, but anyway. I can't talk, my room's a mess. That statue, but. though, is in, I have like, like, I have like a Star Wars section in that room. I have a Mystery Science Theater section in that room. Then I have a room that's dedicated to the 90s. I have an MC Hammer doll from when I was a kid. God. I have a Macaulay Culkin doll. I think I've talked about yeah, the Macaulay. Yeah, you talked about the Macaulay Culkin doll. I have an uh, Urkel doll. That's just creepy. Yeah, I have an Urkel isn't doll. There, isn't there an episode where Urkel has an Urkel doll and everybody thinks it's haunted? It's a Well, it was a ventrilo- It's a dummy, but yeah. this is a doll. Like, he talks. Um, and I also have a Tamagotchi that I got for Christmas from one of my friends. But it's like a new Tamagotchi that was right. made. And I was like, that's awesome. So it's in my 90s collection. Well, Howard Stern now sits in the 90s collection. <laughs> okay. But as awesome God. as awesome as these things are, what somebody needs to take my money away because this is what I do with it. Just come on, just save your money, Todd. That's what I do. I just save. And and I save most of it. I used to be really good, but then I went like on impulse buys and I like, well crap. I've bought nothing but junk. Just I don't know. Go on a go on a YouTube spree. That's cheap. I do that. But then it's not as, I mean, and, and I get satisfied from that, but. Go work out. I don't oh, no, know. We're, uh, you can never, you can never convince me to do that. Go run. No, you can never convince me to do go, that. Go, the weather's nice, go outside. No, no, I will never do Read well, a book. I actually do plan on reading a book. I have a book pre-ordered that's coming out soon. Oh, but how much was it? Well, it's you a can, book. You can get well. You can get books relatively cheap, a little cheaper online. Than yeah, you can get it was like fourteen dollars on okay, Amazon. Okay, so that's not bad. What do you wait? What are you reading? Uh, it's it's well. It's funny that we mentioned uh, Howard Stern because it's his new Autobi- book, the autobiography of no, Howard Stern. No, no, because he already put that out. Uh, no, it's it's called Comes Again. Howard Stern Comes Again, and it's all about his interviews that he's done over the years. It'll be interesting. Okay. I look forward to reading that. So some journalism. That's gonna be of. my that's gonna be my summer reading. I look forward to it. But yeah, I should just stop. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to before you just fill up your entire apartment and you have nowhere to sleep anymore. That's a possibility. Or or when you just have like the the lifeless eyes of bobbleheads trained on your bed. That's you okay. Have, I'd because, be all right with that. Because you have nowhere else to put them because you have so many bobbleheads. I'd be all right with that. That's no Todd. Yes. Ugh. Ollie smoking hot Toddcast promos. Take one. All right, Ollie. Just say this is Ollie, and you're listening to the uh, the Smoking Hot Toddcast show podcast station. Okay. All right, Ollie. This time, just say uh, this is Ollie, and you're listening to the Smoking Ollie Report. No, that's not. Oh, jeez. All right, Ollie. This time, just say this is the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Biscuits. Damn it. Okay, Ollie. Just say the words the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Can you do that at least? I'm outside. I see people. I see grass and trees and buildings. I hate you. The Smokin' Hot Todd. Smokin' Hot Toddcast. You suck, Ollie. Well, what's next for you? And once push your, once we get through that, what's next? Um. Well, I just actually yesterday found out that I got um. I'm uh, 
just was cast as the lead in a new play out here in Los Angeles. Wow. So that's really exciting. I'm getting back on the stage. Yeah. Um, and it's a musical play. Interesting. It's not, it's not a musical. It's a play with music. Right, right. <laughs> um, which is different. Um, I don't really do musicals, but um, I'm going to be playing guitar and singing oh, nice. some original music, which is really out of my comfort zone, but I'm really excited about it. It's time to get in it, right? You know, yeah. take the next level, take, you know, get out of the, get out of that comfort zone is what you have yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm like, I love doing things that are scary. Right. I'm such a huge fan of that. I tell everybody, I'm like, do something that's scary. <laughs> right. I, t- take it from me. Last week, I skydived for the first time. and I. Oh, nice. Yeah. I did it How for, was it? It was incredible because I did it for my, my 30th birthday. I wanted to do it and just something completely out of the ordinary. And everybody was against it. And I'm like, I don't really care what you think. I'm yeah. jumping out of a plane. And I did Heck it. And yeah. let me tell you, if you've never done it before... It's an incredible thing, for sure. I really want to do that. Oh, That's you would, definitely on my bucket list. You would love it, let me tell you. It's 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 intense, but every minute of it is just a breathtaking moment. It really is. Oh, I'm sure. It's it like, is. you just got to jump, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> think about it. Exactly. It's so much fun. Well, that's it for my regular questions, but I, I've, I've turned it into a thing now where I take all my interviewees through the questions that James Lipton always does through on his show <laughs> inside the actor studio and and it really it's it's a fascinating find when you ask these questions the answers you get and uh, I have a few of them here and so let's just get nice. right in, let's just get okay. right let's get right into it what is your hey a side note real yeah fast. go ahead I I worked an event in New York when I did like catering yeah and I I served James Lipton some hors d'oeuvres. Really? <laughs> what did yeah. he What did he eat? What did he take? Um, I can't remember. No. I was just so focused on it being James Lipton. Right. It was really funny because it was a bar mitzvah, I think. And <laughs> really? He was so not interested in being there. You right. Can tell. <laughs> he was sitting over in the corner and he was on his phone all hunched over. Oh, And goodness. I was like, hello, Mr. Lipton, would you like a blah, blah, blah? And he was just like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of sure. hoping he'd look up at me and be and like ask me a weird question. Right, right. <laughs> He's like, "Fine, I'll take it, whatever." <laughs> well, here here are some of his questions that he likes to ask. What is your favorite word? Hmm. Okay, my favorite word. Mm-hmm. Um. So my favorite regular word or curse word? Well, we'll get Can to I... the curse words. It's your favorite regular word first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, oh, man, that's tough. What yeah. is my favorite word? I I like the word fool. Fool. As in, yeah, as in F-O-O-L or F-U-L-L? F-O-O-L. Okay. I just feel like it's a, like it's a very underappreciated word. It is. And it's so fun to like... If you like say that to somebody and you mean it like in a insulting way, right? That they're just so taken aback. They are, yeah. Because they're like, you just call me a fool. A fool, yeah. <laughs> and it just feels good on your mouth. So, ooh, yeah, fool. It, it, it sounds very sophisticated. Nowadays, people say, "Hey, you're a dumbass," and walk away. And yeah. They don't, they don't ever take the time to say something yeah. like that. We should that. bring you're the class, fool. bring some class back into our insult. That's right. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> fool. I love that. All right. Well, what's your least favorite word? Hmm. Huh. I mean, uh, I really hate slurs, you right. know, yeah, that's racist slurs mm-hmm. or 
derogatory slurs, homophobic slurs. Of course. Those are probably my least favorite words. I think um, a combination, absolutely. All of those yeah, words are terrible. I'm not I'm not really one of those people. There's a lot of people who like are they like hate the sound of words. Mm-hmm. Certain words. Like a lot of people hate the word moist. Moist, I was gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I've never been like that. I've always been like, why? It's so strange to me. It's just a word. You'd be, um, it was so amazing. Last year, I did I did this on uh, Star Wars or Two Point One. I asked on the air what's your favorite or what your least favorite word. Every single phone call was moist. It was literally every single phone call. <laughs> it's so weird. That to was me. the entire night. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, yeah, I guess I guess you know like slurs are my slurs. least favorite word. Does that count? That counts. Absolutely okay. that counts. Well, since you since you mentioned it, let's get to the next one. What's your favorite curse word? And this is a podcast, so feel free to say what you want. Okay. Uh, my favorite curse word is definitely cunt. Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely. I found out that that word is actually a positive word. Back was I can't remember as a third I think it was during the you know old Egyptian times they would call queens cunts and I can't remember the reason why really? but it it was a it was a term of endearment and somehow it got muddled over the over these many many years That's and turned really into a, and turned into a negative word so well, uh, in Australia they use it very like casually yeah they do and in, in Britain they like do too <laughs> yeah it is they that word gets used all the time in a very positive way around the country or around the world but in this country for some reason you throw the you throw that word out there, you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, it's funny. I love that word because, for many reasons. Yeah. I like that it's it's very versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use it in a funny way, and it's really hilarious. Right. And it, it makes it takes people off guard. Like it catches them off guard, so it's even funnier. Yeah, exactly. And then when you use it as an as an insult, it's very effective. It is. So it's just like a really powerful word both ways, and the way it sounds, it's just like crunchy. It is. It's It's very abrasive. It's very, it's very like a punch in the face when you hear it. Yeah, and I like that it, I like that it offends uptight people. Right. To me, it's, it's a word. Like language is what you make it. Yeah. You know, like I, I always like get. I really hate when people are like they hate foul language. They're like, don't curse, and I'm like, I mean. It's a word. It, you give it the power. Exactly. I know. I'm right there with you. Like, don't don't get so uptight about verbiage. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Well, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, nature, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily uh, super religious. Right. Um, I'm very spiritual, but... I don't consider myself to be like religiously affiliated, but I am a very spiritual person. And to me, God is in nature. I mean, absolutely. 100%. You walk walk out this door and you see those mountains out there, you know, it's beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the most connected to something I love. I, I have felt most connected to something bigger than me when I'm in nature. And I think that it's, the most powerful thing in on this planet. I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you there. That's absolutely true. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Todd. Just Todd. Todd is helpful and Todd is there for you. Uh, well, it's actually Hot Toddy. Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! 
<laughs> Old Sleepy Joe is going to run against me, huh? Well, let's see if he can stay awake long enough to even try. I mean, he's so old. I'm young. I'm super young. I'm the youngest president that ever was. I'm the best youngest president ever. 72 is the new 25. Oh, who am I kidding? Oh my God, Biden's gonna run against me. This is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. I wish Stephen Miller would get here. I need some good news. Ask and you shall receive, Mr. President. Ah! Whoa, Stephen! You kinda came out of nowhere there! Well, when you're an undead vampire, you have the ability to do such things. Fair enough. Well, uh, did you bring me what I asked for? Maybe. Perhaps we could make a trade. What'd you have in mind? I want to suck your blood. Whoa, 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 whoa there, Stephen. Down, boy. <laughs> I apologize, Mr. President. I haven't fed today. Well, draining your commander-in-chief of all his blood ain't exactly the best way of going about it, nor is it a fair trade. My apologies, Mr. President. Well then, here is my contribution to the Infinity Wall. Yeah, Stephen, it's glorious! How were you able to get it? Piece of blood-filled cake, Mr. President, though it was heavily guarded. How many guards were there? One, ah, 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 two, ah, ah, ah. Uh, never mind. It was actually guarded by three Democratic senators. Camilla Harris, Cory Booker, and Elizabeth Warren. I simply walked over to them and said, Hello, senators. I bid you welcome to your worst nightmare. And as they came lunging at me with their stakes and hammers, I hypnotized them, and I said, Come here. I marched them over and made them all fall asleep. Then I grabbed it and ran like hell. Oh, Stephen, phenomenal job, my friend. You are the greatest senior advisor to the president in U.S. history. Thank you, sir. And now, as a token of my appreciation, I'd like for you to have this live goat. <laughs> oh, Mr. President, thank you so much. And now... We feast. Four down, two to go. Once I have all six infinity beams, the cleansing will finally begin. <laughs> hey, Steven, could you get the goat's head off me, please? You're listening to Hot Toddy. On the Smoke It Hot Toddcast. What sound or noise do you love? Hmm. I I love music mm. of all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably like I love the sound of a guitar. Yeah. Acoustic or electric? Um I like both, but probably acoustic. Yeah. I yeah. like when somebody's playing like a really um, kind of like a sweet, dark melody yeah. on a guitar. Like, I love minor chords. Mm-hmm. So. Kind of like a dark folk tune type thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. That's a good one. Well, what sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. Huh. 
Well, I had this really creepy dream the other night. Mm -hmm. Um, I have like really weird dreams. Mm -hmm. I had this dream that the world was ending. Oh, God. And I saw this like creepy bird that was like a devil bird, a demon bird. Yeah. And it it made this sound Mm -hmm. that was like so blood curdling right and awful so that's like it has haunted me since Seriously. i had that dream so that's probably my least favorite sound. all right devil if bird. i ever hear that i'll know <laughs> that the end is near is it isn't it uh, a native american myth that there's a giant devil or giant bird that that exists i think there Ooh, is i don't know i think that i think that's because it's you know we have like the bigfoot myth and all that and it's i think i think theirs is a giant thunderbird that's what they call it a thunderbird oh, that's what it creepy. is yeah yeah well I mean, maybe I saw. <laughs> maybe you American saw the Thunderbird, right? You were well. It, it, this this part's really creepy. So in the dream, yeah. I knew that the bird was called an etuary. Etuary. Like E T T U A R Y. Etuary. Interesting. Uh, etuary. Wow. And like you know, like in your dream, you just know things sometimes. So I was like, oh, it's an etuary. Etuary. That's what it was with an A. Etuary. I was like, oh, it's an etuary. Oh my gosh. Right. So I wake up the next morning and I'm telling Drew about my dream and he's googling the word etuary. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what is this word? Yeah. And we can't find anything. There's an actuary in the English language, but it was actuary, A-T-T. And so he's Googling the word, and then he discovers that there is um, an Italian word called that's pronounced actuary. It's spelled a little bit differently, but it's pronounced actuary, and it means to carry out. Really? Yeah, which I thought was so creepy. Uh, that is, I, I smell a movie script. I think you need to write this down, seriously. Yeah, well, I've had two apocalypse dreams, so I think really? maybe I do need to write something I think you. It. I need to think you need to get this down on paper fast, stat. <laughs> uh, well, what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, probably musician mm-hmm. or um, uh, energy healing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really I really like um like Reiki, that kind of stuff, right. energy mm-hmm. energy work. That and that stuff always fascinates me. It's interesting how that works. Yeah, it, it's really it's really awesome. Just the I'm, you know, I think is why I'm an artist. I like I like to make people feel something, right. you know. Yeah. Make them feel good or to f- be in touch with their emotions. Absolutely. So, that's just I think that that's kind of the same thing. It is. I think so. Uh, that's, that's that's fascinating. I love that. Well, what profession would you not like to attempt? Mm, anything in the medical industry. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's what I always say. Like, don't don't turn me loose on your body. It's not going to nope. end well. <laughs> it's and not I'm good. like very queasy about um, mm-hmm. blood or like. Uh, like so, you know, some people can watch like surgery videos, oh, and God. I'm like, nope. You, Hell no. <laughs> you know Monica. You know Monica's a med student now. Oh really? Yeah, she is, and so she she sat in on a few surgeries, and I'm just, and she's like, oh, this is fascinating. I'm like, you're insane. I can't deal with that. I can't even look at my. I used to be able to look at my own blood. Now I can't deal with that anymore either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not at all into that. <laughs> no, no. I very much appreciate the people who are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you can do it, we need people like that more the better. But I, I can. I could never do that. Never yeah, in a million my, years. My whole family is like very much into the medical world right. I mean my dad was a medic um, in the military mm-hmm. and my brother's a nurse right they I mean they would like give themselves stitches and 
all kinds of stuff, and I'm like, Ugh, yeah, no, right. Thank you. No, I can never <laughs> deal with that. I'm just over here the the, the artist who has the queasy <laughs> tummy. That's right. That's right. Just put a microphone in front of me, and that's all I need. I'm good. Thank yeah. you. Uh, no more. Uh, and well, we have one more. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm. Ooh. I think I would like her to say. Yes, yes, I'm with you. Um, the river is over there, and the river's over that way, and your music room is over this way. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I can play every instrument. Yes, that's perfect. That that is that's your that's your own special perfect heaven right there. I think yes, for, for anybody. That would be- that, that's definitely what my heaven looks like. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, Andy, thank you so much for speaking with me. This was yeah, so much thank fun. You. You're very welcome. And like I said, keep me updated because I want to tell everybody about Pusher when it gets out there because I want this to go as huge as it possibly can because, like you said, it's an extremely positive message and I think everybody needs to hear it. So oh, keep me updated. You. You're very welcome. And congratulations on all your success and all your future endeavors. I know you got it and you're going to make it big. Thanks. Well, you keep making Scott County proud, too. That's what I'll try to do, anyway. I, I, I don't know if I make them proud as, like, oh, yeah, you're on the radio. Okay, cool. No, you totally are. No. I mean, you're, like, doing what you what you love and doing something that's different. That's you true. Know? Yeah. That's it's true. It's amazing. Well, thank you so much, and you keep on keeping on, and we'll talk to you real soon, okay? Thanks. Yeah, thank, talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, we've been Bye. speaking with Andy Morrow on the Smoking Hot Podcast. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Podcast. And there you have it. Another episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast is down for the count. Isn't Andy an amazing person? I'm so proud of her and everything that she's done. And she continues to inspire and just dominate with everything she's doing. And it's like we were talking about in the interview. She's the perfect example of if you have a dream, follow it. And don't stop until you have conquered it. And I can't wait to see what she has in store for the future. And like I said, we'll keep you updated on the movie Pusher. Once it's out there, we'll share the link. We'll talk all about it. Maybe we even get her back on the show. We'll see what happens. But once again, Andy Morrow, one of the most inspirational people that I know, and I'm I'm very proud to know her and proud of everything that she's done thus far. So thank you, Andy, once again, for sitting down and talk to us. And with that in mind, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we're going to take another couple of weeks off, and then when we return on May 23rd, we'll be bringing you the final three episodes of Season 5. That's right. Can you believe it? We're already at the end of the season, and we've got some good ones on the horizon. I'm really looking forward to the last three episodes. They're going to be really great, and you're not going to want to miss them. And as always, once we have the season finale in early June, June, we'll be back in late August with season six. And of course, during the summer, we'll have some special episodes sprinkled throughout. So it's like we really don't go anywhere. We're with you always. But yes, yeah, season six will start in late August and we're about to wrap up season five beginning on May 23rd. Until then, you can follow me on all social media. That's Smokin' Hot Toddy on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Toddy, Hot on Instagram. Hot Toddy 75 on Snapchat. Hot Toddy Tube on YouTube. The Hot Toddy Mix Cloud page. And of course, the Smokin' Hot Toddy podcast pages of iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also follow some of the gang of the Smoking Hot Toddcast on social media. We'll begin with Twitter, Miss Pingrino at Pingrino, Sheila at Sheila Hawk, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at the Miranda Joe. On Instagram, Miss Pingrino at Pingrino, Sheila at Sheila Hawkins, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at Miranda P. 
Panda Joe. We're going to close out this week's episode with a rather unusual song. I mentioned, of course, I'm on TikTok, and one of the songs that's making the rounds on TikTok that people have been lip syncing to is a, is one called Forget Me Thoughts. And it's done by an up-and-coming rapper named Young Gravy. I, I just love the name. Young Gravy is his name. And the song samples throughout the whole thing the classic tune by Patricia Russian, Forgive Me Nots. That's where the that's where the name of the song comes from, of course. Uh, our generation probably knows it best as the song that Will Smith sampled for Men in Black. Here come the Men in Black. You know what I'm talking about that song, and it's been sampled once again this time by Young Gravy. It's it's a rather entertaining song. It's a rap song, and he's a white rapper with a deep, deep voice. I mean, he's he's really entertaining to listen to. It's kind of a crazy, silly song, but I, you can't help but like jam out to it. It's really, really catchy. After all, "Forgive Me Nots" was a very catchy song. So when you when you sample it in a rap song, you're you're going to get greatness out of it. And that's what we're going to close the show with. So until May twenty third, this is Young Gravy saying. Six, two dark bitches on my side like Twix. Hey, little vanilla in the mix. Don't eat ass, but I'm still with the shits. Ooh, playing badminton with your sister or your main boo. Riding in the fisker of the goddamn day woo. Side bitch driving cause I'm lit off the quaaludes. Thanksgiving Eve, that was just the prelude. Ooh, that's the prelude. Mr. Clean was the debut. Uh, yeah, I'm riding in the day woo. What's your main boo? Gravy train. All these hoes forget me thoughts. It's hard to remember Your girl is a forget-me-thought Return to fucking sender Ooh, shit, gravy in the building Hanging with your mama cause y'all a bunch of children Huh, I'ma pull up on a milf All white sketchers, looking like a dilf Hello? Got your girl salivating I'm up in Miami with a team full of Haitians Ooh, trying to hit up little Haiti Baby pass crazy gravy Pull up with your lady Princess Daisy My side bitch is 80 Pull up on your daughter like I'm Kevin fucking Spacey Holy shit All these hoes forget me thoughts It gets hard to remember Your girl is a forget me thought Steve Harvey, pull up on your bitch like I'm fucking Matt Harvey. Gotta say sorry, Honda Ferrari. Always got the sauce when I pull up to the party. Gravy on her cheeks like Playboy Cardi. Pull up to the club with my whole damn army. Uh, yeah, my team real dick, and we all with the goddamn shits. Looking slick, biz quick, big tits, Christmas, biscuits, vicious, dismissed. Motherfucker. Gravy train. All these hoes forget me thoughts. It's hard to remember Your girl is a forget-me-thought Return to fucking sender, baby, oh yeah